Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Heather Uncensored. Yoo-hoo! Hello! Hello! Welcome, Ethel and Sylvie. Have a seat. Pour yourself a cup of tea. And everyone else, I'm thrilled that you're joining me today. This is episode 39. This ties in with episode 35, a guided visualization you can listen to as many times as you need to center and calm. To this end, this episode focuses on why and how we practice breath work to help heal psychological trauma and is an excerpt from my upcoming book, Transforming Trauma, A Drugless and Creative Path to Healing PTS. Anxiety or stress creates shallow breathing and the body compensates with a rapid pulse and high blood pressure, methods that underline the fact that the body is always trying its best to survive, to maximize oxygen and other nutrients getting into the cells. A daily practice of breathing deeply has never been more needed in order to, one, build a strong center in these troubling and challenging times of COVID, two, You need to know more than ever who you are and be peaceful and confident in your words and deeds. Know why you think and do what you do. And if not, this is a great way to reflect, to find out. It's a still point therapy and breathing is really the best. Three, it's a time to be creative, to use the energy of this time not to fall into depression or lethargy, whether writing in a journal, writing an essay, a research paper, short story, novel, a script, or a solo show, or turning to the arts, draw or paint or sculpt or sing, dance, play music. Four, build a strong immune system to optimize your innate immune system with the white blood cells, particularly the NK, natural killer cells, and macrophages. The power of stillness. The ability to let your mind and body come to stillness is the first step to create a strong center to regain peace and power in any situation, but particularly to heal. Letting senses fall away allows us to pause, to reflect, conjuring an initial stability that induces a positive environment for exploring with the aim of deep psychological healing. This is the key to being in control enough to transform the defining event of PTS and is essential to be at one with yourself, if only at a later date, and is the route to set up accessing and using your five senses that will then lead you to your favorite expressive art to tell or revise the story. You can access your still point by breath, meditation, chanting, or simply closing your eyes. By creating a focus, we draw into where we are, as well as in time, the lingering experience in order to transform it. But, as I said, it is really not that easy. Daily, we have many distractions and our mind easily becomes what is commonly referred to as monkey mind, swinging from one distraction to the next, filling our thoughts up while neglecting what we need to focus on. Whether this is from low dopamine or low serotonin, it doesn't matter. That is simply an evaluation. Mindfulness is a commonly accepted method to gather focus and observe thoughts. 
In a sense, it is the opposite of disassociation, that protective reflex that can happen in trauma. Mindfulness can be described as non-judgmental training of moment-to-moment awareness. Being mindful, observing what is, discourages emotional reactivity and encourages curiosity. Disassociation, on the other hand, shuts us down. It may be protective, as its intent against a threat, an emotional buffer for survival, but disassociation encourages disconnection, a feeling of isolation, a lonely feeling of being apart from others, not something we want to consciously cultivate. Mindfulness daily, on the other hand, can help us get free. Breathwork. Breathwork is powerful and the entry point to focusing our awareness to begin the visualization that expands access to our inner world. It can be the jumping off point that allows our creativity to flow in various artistic mediums. In this way, we begin to tell or revise our story of the traumatic event or events, creating our own pathway to healing. And it can have a more immediate use to simply help our focus to have a good day. And you can help this process by doing some very simple steps before practicing breath work. These will engage the vagus nerve, a very long nerve that engages calm, the neurotransmitter GABA. What you can do is you can gently press on your eyeballs, just very, very gently. You can put your index finger in your ears. You can do it just if you follow the top part of your down I know different, there are different ears, but not in your ear canal, but just above it. You can put your fingers in there. Just press. Just feel it. Or if you want, you can go press into your ear canal very gently, not too far in, and just allow your fingers to make a circle. The other way is to use your nose, alternate nostril breathing, and the other, the fourth way, or the, you can just use one of these. You don't have to use all of these. You can just feel the pulse at your wrist. It's a radial pulse. And you can count that. So I just want to make sure that you understand this. If you're a little bit agitated, you can use any of these ways to help yourself center. But before we get into that, these are the aspects that are involved. One, decision. It all starts with the decision to heal, because making the decision to heal includes creating intentions and setting goals. And this is the same neural circuitry as the prefrontal cortex, and this action alone can reduce worry and anxiety. Scheduling. It's important to include scheduling a time daily to practice the still point therapy so it becomes a habit for maximum effect and benefit, whether it's breath work alone or accompanied by contemplation, or meditation, yoga, tai chi, slow walking, slow dancing, or daydreaming. Next is location. Having a regular spot or area that you can go to every day is helpful, so you don't have to think about location each time. Knowing where you can sit or move undisturbed acts as a reinforcement of an anchor to a wandering mind. Use a cushion or a chair if you need to. Lie down if you have to. Barefoot is preferable. Outdoors is ideal, even if you can only do that once a week. The other part of that is to have objects. 
you place objects that are dear to you close by, such as a stone, a rock, a leaf, a beautiful piece of fabric, a photo of someone you love or have been inspired by, an ancestor, anything at all that holds meaning, to feel grounded, reminding you this is the place for going within. The last point is time. Consider doing the still point therapy first thing in the morning, especially if you have very little free time or you travel often. That way you will make sure to, to include it in your day. And if all of this is new to you, start simply with a practice of contemplation. Sit somewhere quietly, perhaps in nature, but anywhere you won't be interrupted, and let your quiet mind lead the way. Maybe at first it won't be quiet, but just imagine stillness. Breathe in and out. Nowhere to go, nothing to do. Ah, the moment opens and we are in it. Present. Waiting. Not waiting. Air brushes across our cheeks. The light filters past our eyelids. Sounds float in. Color emerges. Nothing emerges. Back to breath in and breath out. Just wanted to give you a sense of what that is. And we'll talk later about the five senses and using them to go deeper into your muse and creativity. Today, I, I want to talk more about the breath, more cerebrally, scientifically, how and why you do it. Breath work is the first activity in any work of calming the inner tiger or getting control of monkey mind, because it immediately leads, hopefully, to a steadier and slower pulse, as well as lowered blood pressure and so on. In this way, I want you to understand fully the ins and outs of breathing properly and make sure this is something you are interested in doing daily. Because whatever type of trauma recovery you are involved in or are dealing with COVID's challenges, when you have a base of knowledge, the why of breathing, to draw from, you'll be able to put it into practice more effortlessly, welcoming the work daily. Because the truth is, to enter our inner universe is not easy, not when we are in an aggravated state of mind, angry, fearful, confused, depleted, desperate. Yet this is what we need to do, somehow to let go of helplessness and empower ourselves, returning to a wonder of life instead of dreading each day, going through it with misery in our hearts instead of joy. There are other activities we can use, such as sound to pull us forward, or a towel that can be squeezed, or an inhale of lavender oil. But our breath, central to our primal needs, is the best place to start, and the easiest to access when we are in a pinch to slow down, to calm that inner tiger that feels like there are a million triggers in our environment. And the process is simply learning to allow the exhale to elongate. We practice this. So we get good at it, especially when the world is seemingly tumbling down all around us. The breath is intimately connected with our autonomic nervous system. Our autonomic nervous system, ANS, is divided into the sympathetic and parasympathetic systems. As Dr. Stephen Porges has discovered, to induce relaxation, calm, and balance, we need to activate the frontal or ventral vagus, the healthy pathway of the parasympathetic system. This is opposed to staying stuck, circling the drain of the sympathetic nervous system with its agitated fight or flight, or the dorsal 
vagal system of feeling numb with frozen emotion. And although my focus in this teaching is on the breath, you can consciously stimulate your ventral vagus nerve with the following activities. Singing, chanting, immersion in cold water or splashed on the cheeks, laughing, prayer or meditation, exercise, fasting, gargling, sleeping deeply, and breathing properly. The key to transforming trauma is feeling safe, engaged with another, with community is optimal, but often we are alone in recovery and we need to find our way to a strong center on our own or as a way to get back to center when triggers jump up and bite us. We can turn to our breath, perhaps surrounded by nature, or asking our muse, our artistic muse, to come forward, both of these accessible to every person. Even without a therapist or guide, we can consider these not only a safe environment, but holy ground that can activate our goal of trauma recovery. These are the steps I find helpful in beginning breath work. One, take the pulse. One of the first things to do is to feel the pulse at the wrist or the neck. If you are working with someone else, sometimes they'll say, yuck, that feels weird. But the majority of people love the feeling of tuning into their body's rhythm. You do this by placing three fingers on your wrist or gently feel the carotid artery on the neck. Count the beats. Breathe into this pulse. One, two, three, four. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Exhale. Breathe into your diaphragm. Let your body breathe itself for 20 to 30 seconds. Two, lengthen the exhalation. Simply by observing the out-breath and then lengthening it, we engage the parasympathetic system via the ventral vagus nerve that can help relieve anxiety and depression. Three, pause. Pausing in the center of the inhalation and exhalation can add to this sense of growing calm. Four, change the timing. Breathe in for a count of four, breathe out for eight. Or breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, and hold for four. There are many ways that you can do this, but it's either going to be completely equal like the last one, or it's going to be a longer exhale. Do this for one to two minutes at the beginning. The bottom line is a longer exhale under a pause will bring more of a relaxation response. And these steps may be all you want to know. That's fine. Choose a spot, the timing, settling into conscious breathing, but just for a moment or two to begin. Stay with this practice, letting your body breathe itself, gently nudging, but nothing forced. Easy does it. There are several different types of breath work, but I find the following works very well. One of the reasons I want to add more detail, to get more technical, is that I watch people give up their power and base decisions for their body on experts, so-called experts, believing if only subconsciously, they aren't good at science and they have to leave decisions to other people. This is your body, your mind. Understanding how you work inside is hugely important. And giving over our power to others is something we must change. We must learn more about science, the how and why and what and where, even if we are artists. This gives us unprecedented power and encourages a daily practice. 
preferably as part of a meditation, contemplation, yoga, or other still point therapy practice in order to be all we can be. We need this information to empower ourselves. As the author of the seminal book, Molecules of Emotion, the neuroscientist Candice Pert wrote, simply bringing awareness to the process of breathing initiates the release of peptide molecules from the hindbrain to regulate breathing while unifying all systems. How awesome is that? And succinct. Through pause or expansion at the intersection of the inhale and exhale, we can learn to influence not only the action of the lungs, but even those metabolic processes such as the secretion of digestive organs, reproductive organs, and more. This is what affects the rate and depth of breathing, and although we can alter this voluntarily, there is an involuntary reflex activity that acts as a safeguard, so we don't have to worry about losing our breath. We need this for maintaining life, but we can affect its duration, depth, and frequency, variation of breath giving us control over behavior. Pause for a moment, if you will, and let your breath breathe itself. Observe its rhythm, its inhalation and exhalation. Do you gulp or hold it on the inhale, or is the out-breath short? Are they rapid or slow? Can you feel your diaphragm moving downward on the way in and the ribs expanding? Try not to control it at first. Simply pause as the breath continues, breathing in and out. Again, let your body breathe itself. By increasing the depth of our breathing, we get more oxygen to the organs that are being affected by shallow breathing that decreases the flow of oxygen in the body. We also improve our blood pressure rate as the body always does its best to circulate and force oxygen into the cells. Shallow breathing then is something to be aware of, so learn to breathe differently. Use methods that will create the relaxation response. In my experience, master vocal teachers tell us that good singing technique depends upon proper breathing. They tell us, notice as you breathe in how your sides move apart or expand as your lungs fill with air. The nostrils also play a part in creating calm. This occurs because nostrils usually have an uneven airflow between them, and we can use this information through sensing the warmth of this unevenness. Let me just pause and just let you understand alternate nostril breathing before we go on to the diaphragm. Alternate nostril breathing is simply taking your thumb, putting it over the right nostril, and breathing in through your left nose nostril. So when you do that, you will alternate with your thumb, and then on the other side with your middle finger and your ring finger. So you'll go back and forth. I'll repeat this at the end. Briefly, on each side of the septum that separates the nostrils is a turbinate covered by mucous membranes. This turbinate regulates the path of airflow within the nose, and if a swelling occurs, a restriction of airflow creates an uneven flow of breath through the nose. This can be a result of stress, any level, but also allergies, environmental, and your food. 
we, you may have all of these. By equalizing the breath, we calm the mind. By learning to use the diaphragm to breathe deeply and evenly, we are more able to elicit the relaxation response from the parasympathetic system. And the two main synchronistic mechanisms that move air into the lungs and expand are through inhalation. The diaphragm moves downward, the ribs expand outward. This ongoing action pulls air into the lungs from the upper airways to the trachea and bronchial tree and then into the alveoli. These are the tiny air sacs where respiratory gases are exchanged with pulmonary capillaries. For instance, we breathe in oxygen, which will ultimately get into your bloodstream, and we breathe out carbon dioxide, taking it out of the bloodstream. Ventilation perfusion irregularities are reduced in this type of breathing. The goal is to breathe this way unconsciously, but you have to learn it initially consciously. Like learning anything, such as playing an instrument or a child taking their first steps. To check out what this two-part process feels like, start by lying on your back. Place one palm on the center of the chest, the other on the lower border of the rib cage at the top of the abdomen. Notice that as you inhale, the rib cage expands and the abdomen rises. Upon exhalation, the opposite should happen. You should see little movement in the upper chest, which would otherwise indicate shallow breathing. If you practice deep breathing until it becomes automatic, perfusion ventilation quotient will increase, your entire circulatory function will improve, the load on the heart will decrease. Suction pressure created in the thoracic cavity will augment, and this is a good thing for optimal lung function. The function of the venous return of blood to the heart will improve, and this can help peripheral veins as well. Once we engage in breath work, we will experience the control of breath over time and be able to enact it when we react initially to a trigger, becoming the first step in dialing down being chronically wired with excess cortisol and adrenaline. We learn to use it to become familiar in engaging our inner world, our healthy ventral vagal nerve. We consciously leave helplessness behind by reshaping event in our minds and bodies that has, over short or long periods of time, threatened our happiness and ability to enjoy life. Yet you might be asking, how do we do this when we or the person we are helping feels miserable and barely has the strength to get up in the morning? To sum up, for proper technique, breathe in and out, in and out, in and out from the diaphragm. This simple action, coupled with pause or expansion at certain times, generates a sense of control through tuning into your inherent rhythms. It will evoke a sense of calm in ways you may never have imagined. And without a doubt, it is the first place to begin our exploration of our inner world. To avoid improper technique, remember, don't use your chest muscles. This perpetuates shallow breathing resulting in a diminished gas exchange between the air in the lungs and the blood. The breathing becomes irregular, shallow, rapid, and is in fact part of the sympathetic fight-or-flight response. And although very common, chest breathing does not ventilate the lower lobes properly, even when they have an adequate supply of blood. This adds to the tension and anxiety already present in a person with PTS. Knowing all this, we can simply put the vagus nerve to work for us in stressful situations, including long-term suffering of PTS, and need not be stuck in a vicious cycle 
where the prefrontal cortex is shrunk and primitive circuits predominate. We can change this with no need of sophisticated equipment. We simply observe our breath, our breathing. Once this is ensured, while balancing the biochemistry naturally, something I will discuss another time, there are so many ways to bring the internal audio and visual into play, to traverse the inner landscape, to perceive and or harness the energy of the event or events, engage the story so trauma no longer dictates every waking moment. Psychotherapies, conventional or unconventional, styles abound. In my book, I only talk about the concepts and treatments I know personally, have experienced, that have worked in my practice and in my life. My preference is non-linear healing that comes through the right brain, exposing the body-mind connection. Talking is extremely helpful, but if we are going to go deeper and really and truly heal, we must recognize that the phrase, the body never lies, is at the core of a non-linear approach, a place to hear and feel the reaction, response of the body and mind, that unified whole of all of our senses to a shocking event. This to me is a necessity to realize full trauma recovery. We engage their curiosity with the pulse, feeling it connects us to our body. We go into the forest and breathe into the leaves or flowers or sky. Because the reality of experiencing post-traumatic stress means the body-mind is holding an immense level of fear from the original or ongoing events that have threatened safety and created pandemonium in our brain, lingers in our body, and worst of all, can provoke our critical inner judge, leaving us hampered by a continuous loop of thoughts and feelings that won't go away, at least easily. Even having helped ourselves physiologically, i.e. balancing cortisol, improving gut function, something is still not quite right. We may still feel unable to move forward, to recapture that old feeling of curiosity, awestruck by life's mysteries. But don't swallow a pill. Investigating symptoms, thoughts, feelings, and behavior is a far better approach. The good news is there are so many ways to do this, so many different types of psychotherapies, mind-body techniques, and the expressive arts that have emerged over the last century that can help heal PTS trauma or any mental imbalance or comorbidity. And it all starts with the breath.